Welcome to Conscious Collaboration, the premier show for authentic discussions with growth-oriented leaders. Hi, I'm pleased to introduce Yash Bayer and Yael Sivi, co-founders of Collaborative Coaching, which they founded in 2009. They realized then that workplaces could only be as high-functioning as the people who lead them, and collaboration can only be as effective as the human dynamics that drives it. What distinguishes good from great organizations? Their ability to create and maintain collaborative, deliberately developmental cultures where creativity and collective intelligence prosper. For over 15 years, Yash and Yael have worked with many Fortune 1000 companies and various nonprofit, governmental, and non governmental organizations. As an executive coach and psychotherapist, Yael's areas of expertise include emotional intelligence, team collaboration, conflict management, mentoring, as well as emerging leadership whereas Yash brings a highly interdisciplinary background and combines analytical skill with a deep understanding of human behavior. Trained as a scientist, consultant, mediator, and therapist, he speaks both the language of human and organizational dynamics. I'm really excited to introduce both of them to you on their inaugural Conscious Collaboration podcast series. And I am your host, for this, in, for this initial episode anyway. Um, my name is Malia Seward, and I often work at the intersection of organizational dynamics um, and human behavior as well. So um, I'm really pleased to be here with Yash and Yael. Thank you so much, Malia, for that gracious introduction. We're glad to be here with you today. Yeah, welcome and happy to have you as our host to talk more about conscious collaboration. Great. Well, let's start with the obvious, which is what does conscious collaboration mean to each of you? It's a great question. Um, so we think about this topic a lot. And if we really boil it down to us, conscious collaboration is an attitude and a practice towards working with others that recognizes that everything we do at work, every interaction we have can be an opportunity for our professional growth as well as our, for our emotional growth as human beings. Um, you talked about working at that intersection um, between organizational dynamics and human behavior. Um, we like to say that we really work at the intersection between professional and personal growth uh, for leaders as well as teams. So sort of boiled down, that's kind of our current working definition. Yash, anything else to add? Yeah, no, I, I think it, it really goes back to one thing that you mentioned uh, in our intro or professional bio to some degree. Both you, Ellen, and I had a very formative experience in a way when we worked for a separate consultancy that talked or that did a lot of work around employee engagement. And we were lucky enough to run hundreds of focus groups with people around what makes them engaged, what they enjoy about working with others, what they makes them engaged or respectful of the leadership that they're experiencing. And we really heard very, very consistent themes. And there are a number of things that we took away from this, one of which is people want to make meaningful contributions. They want to do great things and they spend a lot of time at their workplace. And one thing that sometimes Yael says, uh, who, you know, as you shared in the introduction, also has a private practice as a psychotherapist, is like nearly every time she has someone on the couch, people talk about things that happen in the work, uh, at their workplace. And so 
that workplace is such a profound laboratory. We spend so much time there. So our idea was, okay, well, how do we get great things done while we grow personally and professionally? And it's really something that people want to do more of. Agreed. Let's just dive in a little bit more into the word conscious. Uh Uh Now you could have done a podcast series on a lot of different topics. Um, What is it about, you know, being conscious in your collaborations that is, um, that you find so meaningful? Right. So people sometimes push back because uh, are we saying conscious versus unconscious? In some ways we are. You know, I, I think a lot of times we're at work and we're sort of unconscious to our habits and our patterns and our way of being. And we are encouraging people to wake up to themselves and wake up to understanding what's really driving them and the effect they're having on others. So, you know, Daniel Goleman says that the foundation of emotional intelligence is self-awareness. And to us, being a conscious collaborator and being a conscious leader really starts with understanding yourself and knowing that that's an ongoing journey. That's something that is never ending. So it's sort of this paradox of knowing who you are in this moment and also being open to who you are becoming and, and what's revealing itself. And what do I mean by knowing yourself? It means knowing sort of the motivations that you're aware of, as well as the motivations that you're not so aware of. Um, And listening to the feedback that you get from others that might point you to some blind spots, right? So we work with leaders that say they have good intentions and they just want to build trusting relationships. And yet people might perceive them as highly competitive or difficult to get along with. Until you're conscious and aware and willing to look at that material, that feedback that you're getting from others, in a way you are blind to it and you're not sort of acting from as much awareness as as you could be acting from. So for us, consciousness has to do with a certain awakeness and awareness that you're paying to yourself, your growth, your effect on others. And it also has to do with taking responsibility for your attitude and behaviors at all times. Mm -hmm. It seems to me like being attentive to the relationship when that word conscious is put before collaboration mm-hmm. um, is sort of important to, to not just, you know, growing your relationships at work and beyond, but also to getting work done. Yeah, there's something about the relationship and also about myself. So there is a, you know, in, in technical language, there's an intrapersonal element in this. How do I, how, how do I relate to the experience I'm actually having right now? But then there's also a very potent interpersonal experience in this because at the end of the day all the worthy things that we try to accomplish we really can't accomplish on our own that's really a very fundamental premise and reality that a lot of people find themselves in and conscious in a way is a very potent word because it it points to the awareness that yael mentioned it points to a certain degree of intentionality because the there's a quote that I really love um, by Marsha Feldenkrais, who developed a certain form of body work called Feldenkrais, after, named after him. And he said, how can I do what I want if I don't know what I do? Hmm. And often we kind of think we know what we want. We kind of think we know what we do. But the truth is there is a lot of our behavior that's in autopilot mode, especially if people are rushed and stressed, as they are often in the modern workplace. And so... 
to make it intentional to bring awareness to my interactions, how I am actually going through my experience, and to look at the difficulty that I experience at work with others, not as an obstacle that I need to overcome, but actually as an invitation to learn more about myself and others. That is part of what conscious, leadership, uh, conscious collaboration is about. Hmm. That's, that's great. That's really interesting. What do you think, this is for both of you, but what do you think is um, at stake? What's at stake? Yeah. We think, we think a lot is at stake, frankly. Yeah. Um, I think you can open the newspaper any day and every day and find examples of conscious collaboration or sadly the lack of conscious collaboration. I think what's at stake is our ability as human beings to get along with one another and to grow and to solve the complex problems that we're facing. What's also at stake is our happiness and fulfillment at work. Part of the reason we were drawn to this work originally is we are aware that we spend more time at work, we spend more time with our colleagues than we do with pretty much anyone else in our lives. We think this means work, the workplace is a wonderful environment for growing, for becoming more conscious, as we said. Um, but it's also, the workplace has, a, has you know, an immense impact on our mood and on our sense of meaning in the world. So we think if we get this right and we do become more sort of conscious and aware and responsible in the way we work with one another, it means we're going to be happier at work. It means we're going to be more productive at work. And an incredible amount of energy goes into all of the dysfunction and toxicity in the workplace. And we think that an incredible amount of energy can um, really be unleashed towards more great work um, simply by attending, like you said, to the relationships and sort of our own growth. So we think a lot is at stake. Yeah, at the very, this question, what's at stake, works on different levels and in the most obvious and perhaps smallest scale, it really what's at stake is do we get our work done on time with a minimal amount of conflict? Um, but there, there are really these bigger issues that you all mentioned. And one thing, for instance, when I'm looking at the kind of school experience that um, our seven-year-old son has, where there is school is really there with a sense hey, we're not just here to help you learn to read and write and have some basic math skills. We're also here to help you be a member of a community to develop social-emotional intelligence. And that's a big shift in the understanding of what school really should deliver and provide. And we would take that also to the workplace and say, what if our workplace isn't just the place where we get a specific piece churned out and done and delivered and then you know we can go home and get a paycheck and maybe we even like what we did but what if our workplace is actually not just delivering a certain product or purpose but really explicitly a place that helps us be better collaborators be like healthier human beings who are more reflected have a higher degree of social maturity because again we spend so much time there and we will be, we do believe that, that conscious collaborators are better problem solvers, are better dealing with conflicts, have more creativity, more innovative ideas. So bringing that awareness to my experience, how I'm interacting with others, how we're doing things together really just has a lot of side benefits. And fair to say, Yash, and conscious collaborators are more fun to work with. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. 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 On top of it, they don't take themselves <laughs> as seriously. Right, right. 
Right. Well, you two are kind of just collaborators with each other. Tell us a little bit about how you got here to the sort of moment where you're, you know, host this podcast series. Sure. I can go first yeah. and then ask Yash too. So I was trained, um, as you mentioned in my bio, as a psychotherapist, and I really intended to, to just work with individuals in their personal lives. And then I looked around the workplace where I was uh, kind of housed during graduate school and actually on a break from graduate school. And I realized the human dynamics in the workplace were as complex as anything I could find in a family system. And in fact, sometimes more complex because you have multiple family systems coming together by way of sort of their, uh, their conduits, which are individual employees. And somehow I was just drawn to the workplace. I, I, I just felt that it was a really rich environment for us to grow. And like I said earlier, we just spend so many waking hours at work. Why not make the workplace a healthier place? This also converges into a moment where Yash and I actually met. And we met at a place called the Esalen Institute in Big Sur, California. And this Esalen Institute was really the birthplace of kind of retreat centers um, in this country, probably as well as the world. At the Esalen Institute, when you're a part of the community, as, as we were for a month or two at a time, in the middle of your work shift, your manager will say, okay, everyone, time to take a break. And the break is not, let's go have coffee and sort of like uh, complain about what's going on with everyone else. The break is a chance to check in as a group about how, how everyone is doing in the workplace that day. And the first time I experienced this, it was just a, a revelation. Like I can be really honest with people about feeling sad that day or feeling kind of tired that day or feeling like there might be a conflict with somebody that is unresolved that day. All of that stuff is grist for the mill. And from my experience, it was freedom and it created a psychological safety and it was very energizing and alive because it was so honest. So I came back from that experience and, and eventually we ended up working in the same firm and, and founded our own firm. And I think one of the things I'm really trying to do is to bring that Esalen Kitchen uh, to workplaces uh, across the globe. And what I mean by that is creating the conditions for psychological safety and creating the conditions where people can show up honestly and openly and be available for whatever shows up. So I'm not afraid of conflict. And in fact, I think conflict can be very alive if it's facilitated in a healthy way, either by the people who are having the conflict or someone else. That's often what we're brought in to do is help resolve conflict in workplaces. You know, there's nothing wrong with conflict. It's just that we tend to have these sort of habituated and patterned ways of dealing with it where we either hide or we get aggressive, but we don't necessarily know how to have it in a healthy way. And I I feel like why not practice and practice at work? One of the mm -hmm. things that we feel like is cool about our work is it tends to have fringe benefits for people in their personal lives, you know? So we've heard from people, wow, this work, this coaching work has made me a better manager, but it's also made me a better husband. And to us, that's very exciting, again, at that intersection between sort of who we are emotionally and maturing emotionally as human beings, as well as showing up at work in more powerful and sort of mature ways. What's at stake? What's no with the right. how did we oh, conscious collaboration? So so one piece and Milia perhaps you alluded uh, to this. Mm -hmm. So yeah, Elle and I, as you're very well aware of, but our potential and future listeners may not 
is so we happen to be husband and wife. So there is a lot of conscious collaboration going on at Collaborative Coaching. All the time. All the time. Um, and part of what conscious collaboration means that I already used the word intention or intentionality about it is there is something that's um, called collaborative intent and which really boils down to a willingness to work through difficulty I experience as I try to get things done with others. And often in the workplace, it takes, it means taking risks. It means I am speaking my truth. It may not be the truth, but I'm speaking my truth. I am addressing what's working or what's not working for me. And because we are a husband and wife team in a way, we have a high degree of psychological safety here, which basically means if something isn't working for one of us, we give each other feedback in ways that probably most people wouldn't in the workplace. Um, either because just for the most part, it's, it's just there's either carefulness and I don't want to step on your toes. But a lot of the challenges that really help us grow in the workplace are ultimately personal. And it's exactly that kind of feedback that requires more trust and more truthfulness in our interactions that gives us a boost with our professional pursuits, but also for our social emotional maturity. And we really, in a way, have the luxury of, you know, that being just part of it because we also happen to be, you know, in a conscious relationship. And, and so that's a great advantage. And teams are trying to, replicate that for themselves in a way by creating environments in which they have psychological safety. And there is a lot of talk about psychological safety. And for that very reason, because without it, what dies first is the willingness for people to speak their truth and to put things on the table that will ultimately boost learning and growth. Um, and by not having that on the table, there's really a huge resource that, that is not being utilized for teams. And we are really trying to bring that make that resource available for, for teams and um, leaders as much as possible. Great. Thank you for, for answering that so thoroughly. Um, you know, one thing I really like about um, on, your, on your website is um, there's, a, there's a graphic that you use that are sort of three interconnected circles. There's relationship between individuals, teams, and organizations. And you talk a lot about the, the notion that organizations grow when the people in them grow. And people grow most the challenges of, you know, real life experiences supported by um, intentional learning and that 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 doesn't happen on accident. Mm -hmm. um, and so I want to transition a little bit in our conversation to, um, to sort of holding on to that piece, um, but talking about how that translates into this podcast series and what your, your listeners can expect and what your goals are in terms of getting that kind of growth across all through the individual team organization. So something we realize is the words conscious collaboration sound really good. They resonate very much with us, but they can also sound like buzzwords. And it's very easy to stay sort of at a headline level and a theoretical level with what we're talking about here today. What we'd love to do with this podcast is to bring this these words into real life, to make these words real and to hear from real life people who are collaborating in workplaces and leading workplaces and leading teams, what does conscious collaboration mean to them? And to understand it really in terms of their own learning and growth. So I'm thinking of a leader that we've worked with, for instance, who has struggled with, you know, his own insecurities of wondering whether he was enough. And only through some coaching and 
work around this topic, was he able to realize that he needed uh, to show himself more support, compassion, awareness than he ever had in order to be the leader that he wanted to be, this sort of convergence again between um, emotional growth and professional growth. So we're hoping that people are willing to share their stories with us and that those stories serve as inspiration to all of us because we're all somewhere on our journey of, of learning as human beings as well as professionals. Um, so we hope those stories bring these, these words, conscious collaboration, um, more into sort of a, a focus. And that may very well be enough. I might add something like, we believe that collaboration is an art and a science. It takes the right mechanics, but it also takes the right focus on relationships to make that happen. And we also think that talking and enabling about and enabling conscious collaboration is an art and a science. And we've seen teams who got jaded about team offsites and team building and uh, the mission statements and all that. And, and these words have become empty or not particularly meaningful. And we want to bring back some of the meaning and the reality and the power of what it really means to enable co collaboration consciously in a way that is supportive to the outcome, but also supportive to the growth of the people involved. And to really make that real with case studies, with examples, is something that people will uh, and can expect from this podcast. And really also back to what you mentioned earlier about the newspaper, that how easy it is to basically, as you are barraged by, by news, to see all the dysfunctionality and the lack of collaboration. There is a lot of good collaboration that is happening. Can there be more? Absolutely. And we want to be a part of, you know, the group of people who try to support functional, healthy, nourishing collaboration. And so the podcast is really designed not so much to say, like, you know, here's how it is. Um, so hopefully we will impart um, experiences and ideas that people can utilize and apply. But we see it as a process of discovery where different people are invited to share their part of the journey that helped them to be a more conscious collaborator. So there is a personal element that, that we want to be inspiring and really also that people can learn by example what others have done and that there is a discovery here in terms of like, you know, what is really working? Because we have seen people at this point, as you said, we've been doing this for 15 plus years. And some of our clients were lucky enough, they keep, you know, like to have like longstanding client relationships. And so we've seen some people who were able again and again to create team environments where what came out of it was a team that was great and not just good. And it wasn't an outlier. There was clearly, there's clearly some secret sauce to this that some people had. They were able to replicate the conditions and the cultures that enabled great collaboration. And we want to hear from those people and see it's like, how did you learn that? What is there? Of course, we have our professional ideas about it. And I think it will be very interesting to hear more from, from people how, to, how they discovered their own truths and what is it about their own attitudes and values that actually help them not only be a conscious collaborator, but also create environments in which conscious collaboration can occur. And, and that is something we want to bring to a wider listenership. Great. So obviously, emerging leaders, leaders who else should be, who should have this podcast on their radar? I mean, as Yash said, 
you know, every time I sit down in our office and someone sits on our couch, I feel like um, it's very common for me to hear something like, oh, let me tell you about what happened in my workplace this Mm -hmm. week. I think the workplace, you know, really is this rich environment for healthy dynamics potentially to occur, but also unhealthy dynamics, unfortunately, to occur. So to that point, I think anyone who works in a workplace um, or who has worked in a workplace um, might appreciate uh, the, the, the things that, that we learn um, from our guests on this podcast. Because um, we hope it's both a platform for some best practices and hearing how people are learning and and living this thing called conscious collaboration. Um, but it's also hopefully, you know, a, a chance to sort of, I don't know, feel inspired and try something new yourself as a result of a conversation with a leader who, you know, shares some of her, his uh, kind of lessons mm-hmm. learned. I, I love, I love sort of sneaking behind the the curtain and, and hearing yeah. what's going on and, and what, what it's been like to be them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and sometimes I think it's just really to see people who have had the courage to act on certain convictions, mm-hmm. to to have those examples and role models and case studies out there, because there is so much wisdom that people have, uh, usually at the point that when our paths cross with them as professionals. And sometimes it's not so much a challenge of, let me teach you something you don't know yet or you have never thought about, but really... What is it like to actually act on that? And mm-hmm. and what does it mean to have the courage to really speak that, speak from that place or speak that voice? And and by seeing others who have done it and hearing their journey to find that confidence and also see what came out of it, the hope is that there there is great inspiration and encouragement that comes from it. Yeah, you know, alcohol in Alcoholics Anonymous, there's a famous phrase, never compare your insides to other people's outsides. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this is where we get in trouble as human beings. You know, we look at a, a leader or someone we admire and we think they've got it all together. They've got it all figured out. Not me. I mean, that's kind of the secret we're all, we're all living with is, you know, we think something is kind of wrong with us or we haven't gotten it all figured out, but others have. And I, I think my hope by way of a series like this is um, to remind all of us that we're, you know, we're all learning and we're all figuring stuff out. And if someone doesn't really have that mindset, they probably wouldn't be a good match for a podcast anyway, because we are looking for people who are aware of their own learning, who are willing to share it um, in the pursuit and, you know, hopefully with the goal of these healthy, productive, creative workplaces. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It is like one of the great privileges of our work is to on a daily basis work with people who by all standards are very high functioning. They have very accomplished careers, they do great things, they have founded nonprofits or have like, you know, lead great organizations. But when they work with us, we really see often the underbelly, the moments of self-doubt or how they are grappling with a particular challenge that, that keeps them from creating more impact or finding more meaning or feeling that something that was truth and motivating isn't doing that anymore. And so we're seeing a whole other side back to don't judge a person inside from the outside. And that's another opportunity for us and something we really hope to bring through this podcast to like a wider group of people. And, And again, with the idea to encourage, because at the end of the day, it really is often about like having the courage to look at what is working and what is not working and acting on that inside, acting on our impulses. So 
who should listen to it? I would argue everyone who is interested in stepping more into her or his personal power or who acts with a certain curiosity about, I don't know what else is possible. And I'm kind of curious to stretch professionally into like an area that I don't really know that yet that well, because the, the uh, something we've, we've said for years is that personal growth and professional growth are not separated, but two sides of the same coin. And what's very, very exciting to see is, especially with the younger generations, they're like, this is not a hard sell. Like the people we talk to, they don't want to look at, let me, you know, help me grow professionally, but I don't care about whether that's personal growth or not. They, they don't look at it as separate entities. And so it's such a potent field where one thing begets the other um, in, in a very productive and, and enriching way. Ooh, wonderful. Yeah. If you're interested in growth, listen yeah. to this, <laughs> listen to this podcast. And also I have to say in the, yeah. in the interim between the next, um, the next, the, or the first real podcast with an interview mm-hmm. with a guest. And now um, if, if people were to Google um, collaborative coaching and growing up at work, there's a fantastic piece about how work is a, is a great environment for people to, to grow and to, um, to, to run through the stages of adult development, um, which you outlined so beautifully there. So thank you for reminding us of that. Great. Yeah. All right. Well, collaborativecoaching.com is where people can find more of you and also see the, um, the whole podcast series as well as where people get their podcasts, iTunes and whatnot. Um, when will the, when will the, the, the second interview launch? Do you know? That is such a good question, Malia. Stay tuned. Okay. Well, we're starting. We're starting on a monthly basis. Yeah, it should now. be so on a monthly basis. We, we, the, there will be a month from now. We will, we will have the next show out. So the plan really is to produce one, one a month, and and really have an interesting person to interview, and and really make this a conversation without much pretense of the one truth to be delivered here, but really um, have a collegial conversation about what supports something that really is so important back to your question what's at stake here what's at stake is having fun and kind of coming home from work but even more fundamentally what's at stake is how we deal with the complex problems that our world has and and that's 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 a lot at stake right there yeah wonderful well i look forward to learning more about conscious collaboration from both of you and um thank you very much thanks for having us thank you Thank you.